1: Welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. So you're, well, a really busy person. You're a designer, a model, a dancer, a makeup artist, an artist. When people ask you what it is that you do, how do you answer that?
0: Um, well... I guess I kind of scramble at what to say first, because I I put all of those things at the forefront of what I do. I don't just do one thing a little bit more than the other. I try to really all do all of them equally. Um, depends who asked me. (laughs) Um, I won't write out, say that I'm a burlesque performer right away, but if I'm talking to somebody who, you know, I'm meeting in like an artist setting, I'll definitely let them know that in addition to being a burlesque performer, I also do makeup, design clothes, resell clothes, Mm -hmm. um, all that kind of
1: stuff. Oh, sure. Is there, so when you bring up that you are a burlesque performer, do you get, like, what's the most interesting response you get sometimes?
0: What is that? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess that would be the most interesting <laughs> response because okay. you'll be surprised a lot of people don't um, don't really understand uh, what it is, or are the people still do it, or that there's an audience
1: for it. But, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's so let's start at the beginning of your journey, which sure. seems to revolve around dance. Uh huh. So when was it that you first got involved in, in dance and found your interest in dance?
0: Okay. This is actually a fun story. <laughs> so um, my uh, my father's a performer. My dad was an Elvis impersonator and a musician for like 25 years. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So uh, coming from um, a household that was so active in like having music and having bands over and just being really involved in the arts uh, because of my father, um, I naturally picked up dance and later would pick up performing, oh, right. um, but I started as a, uh, a young ballet dancer. Um, with, I mean, I don't know, like maybe six or seven years old, probably younger than that. Okay. And, um, as I kind of started to, uh, develop as a dancer and my body started to develop, I started to realize that, um, I didn't really look like a lot of the other girls and, you know, um, I was kind of like being pushed to the back because of my body size, and I didn't like that. And I thought, well, I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> this is this is not something that I want to be a part of. But I still really love uh, ballet, and I do incorporate that in like some of my uh, burlesque routines. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started with that. And um, as you know, I still kind of like wanted to practice, and I still wanted to be a part of the dance world. And uh when I joined roller derby, I started doing burlesque also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I met um I met with some girls that are perf- that you know, were active in roller derby and that's where I formed my first burlesque troupe. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept on dancing and now it's been almost 12 years I've been performing burlesque.
1: Oh, wow. Mhm. You it's interesting because I've met some other some other ladies who also do roller derby and they also do burlesque. I wonder, is there like um like a natural?
0: You know, thing? there's there's an amazing connection between roller derby and burlesque because, mm-hmm. I've in my personal experience, when I joined roller derby, it was kind of like this was my um. This was, like, my group of people. These were, like, like like-minded people. This was my little, like, art community. Because not only do these people, like, just do roller derby, they also have an array of other things they do. Some of them are, you know parents and like, you know, have like regular square jobs, but also do this. And I thought that was really cool. And, um, yeah, it just like started from there. And then I met other girls that also danced and I was like, Hey, like we both have, we all have this interest, like let's start a burlesque troupe. And, uh, we did. And so then, then it just kept on going. (laughs)
1: Oh, sure. So You then went. So you went to school for fashion design. When did? Yes. So how did this kind of overlap? Like when did you start going to school for design and then get involved in in burlesque? Was it like one before the other, or how that? Okay.
0: Work? Well, um, when I first started going to college, um, I was actually going to college and going to cosmetology school. And oh, then wow. I finished cosmetology school, and I was like, well, I still want to do this, but I also want to. Um, you know study painting and art and sculpture and I did that for a while and then I said well I also want to be a designer <laughs> <laughs> so um, i uh, I went to University of North Texas and uh, I graduated with a fashion degree from there um, and throughout that entire duration I was still performing burlesque this is something that I continued throughout um, throughout my whole college career I guess
1: okay what was it about, let's say, design particularly that, that really got you interested? Because I know you said you are going to school for cosmetology, and you also then uh, became a makeup designer. So mm-hmm. what was it then that made you want to also design clothing and, and let's say, like design everything somebody wears versus just one part or the other?
0: Sure. So um, before I ever started making, I guess... Uh, I don't want to say I I wear wearable clothes, you know, I was making costumes, I was making like costumes that had to function in a way that um, regular clothing didn't have to, they had to be easily taken off and easily put back on easily stored, like, you know, you don't think about these things when you're having to make clothing for like, you know, regular people, I guess. And so um, once I started doing that, I started to, you know, really love it. And I started to really love sewing. And I thought like, wow, like, I really want to, get interested in like the pattern making of this and like how this is actually constructed and like when you think about um clothing and a professor told me this once and she said you know you're you're when you're making this clothes and when you're making this pattern like it's there's a lot of math involved and it's like you're an engineer of like clothing <laughs> like you have to kind of like make sure everything functions as a unit in order for it to be successful
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um i just kept on Continuing until I graduated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. I also, I have a, my background is also in, it's in set and costume design. So uh, I've spent a lot of time in costume shops, um, oh. creating engineered garments is the best way to describe yeah. it for like yeah. opera yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And you're, yeah. and you're right. It's, it's because it's such a personal thing. Um, mm-hmm. There's less of a flexibility if you get something wrong, because if you put something on somebody that's just a little bit off. Right. Their whole like demeanor changes. Where if you like do it on a stage, eh, you can kind of mess up with that a little bit. It's not going right. to be as a personal a thing. But it's like, but clothing is so personal to people. Yes, um, you have to get everything right, or they get really upset.
0: Sure, and it's very visible when it's wrong. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh yeah. It's
0: visible when it's wrong. It's not anything that you can necessarily hide. So that um, that was really challenging for me going to school. Okay. Um, the it was just it was so it was challenging because it was so different than what I, than how I was used to making clothes. Mm-hmm. I was I was used to making costumes. I wasn't, you know, used to making things that had to look like they were already like hanging on a rack somewhere at a store. It was totally different.
1: Right. Um
0: so that was challenging.
1: So with your own line, who are some of your inspirations? Or how do you find inspiration like okay. nowadays?
0: Um well right now, a lot of what I'm doing is I'm constructing some garments, but not a whole lot of them. What I'm actually doing is that I'm thrifting a lot of clothes and I'm remaking them. I'm making them either shorter or longer, adding sleeves to them, making them, um, more marketable to the people that want that, you know, follow my work already. And, um, so that's, kind of along the lines of what I'm doing now and it's been pretty successful and I really, really enjoy it because it presents other types of challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, you buy X amount of fabric, you have a design, you know what you're going to do. In this case, you already have something put in front of you and you're like, okay, how am I going to make this? Um, How am I going to make this to where it's going to sell and to where it's going to sell that to the, um, the people that I want to sell to. Yeah. And, um, you know, on top of that, like, how am I gonna model this? How am I gonna do my hair? How am I gonna do my makeup? You know, because I'm just doing this myself. I don't hire any models or anything. I'm just like doing it
1: alone. So, yeah.
0: um, you become uh, having to do everything.
1: <laughs> right. So with each of your creations, are they like, are each one of a kind, individual? Do you try to find multiple versions of the same garment so someone's if, like, I like that. I'll have those. Yeah. Or is it like. <laughs> One and done. You see this photograph, well, you see me modeling, <laughs> you get one chance at it, and then that's it.
0: I mean, you know, I try really hard to find different, like, uh, several of the same thing because some of the stuff I find is so beautiful or it's, like, very vintage or it's, you know, like, man, I wish I just had this in X amount because I'm getting so much response from people that want to buy this, but it's like that one person at that time was able to get it, and that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but that also kind of like gives me uh, motivation and gives me ideas of like once I'm able to kind of like completely fund my whole line of like what kind of silhouettes and designs people are looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's really helping me.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's good. So let's I guess talk about kind of the business side of what you do because mm-hmm. there. So there's again so many aspects of it. How do you how do you get bookings or do you I guess with it with your modeling shoots do you get booked separately? How does the business side of burlesque work and how is that integrated into your designs and design mm-hmm. world right now?
0: So this is actually recently starting to shift.
1: Okay.
0: Um, you know, I get um, I get contacted through email. I get contacted in person a lot. Um, I go out a lot. I live in Austin and I go out a lot and I meet a lot of people and... Um, I try to be as active in like the burlesque community as possible. So um, in-person booking and email um, is how they contact me to get booked. And um, so now that I'm kind of incorporating this, like um, this clothing business that I'm, that I'm trying to like pursue on my own, I'm trying to book shows that also will allow me to bend there. Okay. So, you know, after I perform, I can just kind of, like, go straight to selling my clothes, too, and, like, integrating those two things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the same people that are... Um are attending my burlesque shows are also, you know, following my like social media following, and they're also kind of like seeing all the clothes that I'm I'm putting out, and they're really enjoying it. And so um, having those think having those two things come together is something I've actually never done before. So this is something really new, and um, it's been working pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Has so I, I um, so I've been reading a few articles about what you've been working on, and I know that you have. a building up a fairly large Instagram following. Mm-hmm. Has has that helped out with one aspect of your business versus the other? Like, is it is having a bigger Instagram following for you better for your burlesque or is it better for your fashion or is it just better for everything in general?
0: That is a really great question because I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not really sure, but I can tell you this, that a majority, I would say like, of the stuff that I sell Mm -hmm. and it's seen on Instagram, it usually sells. Okay. Um, I've tried kind of venturing out to like Facebook, like uh, trying, because you know Facebook now has like a market thing that you can go through. Um, I tried doing that and it wasn't as, as successful as I wanted, to, like I wanted it to be. So now I'm like featuring my clothes on my actual website and featuring it on Instagram. So I feel that Instagram has been kind of like a better, uh, I mean so far everything changes, technology changes, platforms change all the time, but right, right now um, Instagram is kind of like my bread and butter of like where
1: everything happens. Right, okay that's great. So with your, so you've got a, a really good press kind of kit, too, where you've been on Cosmo and BuzzFeed and Seventeen. How did you get some of those PR articles? Was that something where they did you reach out to them? Did mm-hmm. did, did they reach out to you or or how did that kind of work?
0: They they all reached out to me. OK, um, they all yeah. reached out to me. Go ahead.
1: I was <laughs> say, say what was the what was the, the thing that triggered them to all reach out to you?
0: They reached out to me because they were very interested in the um, ballet angle of what I was doing. Okay, because there are some burlesque performances that I do that do incorporate like some ballet work. Also, um, I have done several photo shoots, like on pointe shoes and in ballet shoes, like doing these ballet poses, and I feel like it really resonated with people because it's not something that you see very often. You don't really see like a plus size, like a ballet performer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I started to get kind of like all this, uh, this feedback from all these photos. I mean, a lot of negative and a lot of positive as anything that goes viral does. Right. Um, but it's like, man, these photos were taken a long time ago. You know, like these <laughs> photos were taken like several years ago. Some of them were taken while I was in college. Some of them, um, you know, I, th- I feel like they really, really focused the angle of like me being a ballet performer, which is, you know, which is true. You know, I do perform ballet, but I'm like major. Mature- I'm I'm a burlesque performer. You know, that incorporates like sprinkles, like some ballet aspects into it sometimes. So, yeah. um, I felt like people really responded well to those images, yeah. and they they it really empowered people. Like, hey, you know, like things are possible for plus size women and we can like do anything. And this is like really important that there's visibility for um, like plus size people doing a physical activity and you know, that not all plus size people are just like doing nothing. Like, you know, we're active like members of society that do everything everybody else does. Right. So um, it was an interesting few months. <laughs>
1: I can I can only imagine, and it's yeah, and there there is an unfortunate you know stigma that's placed upon um, people who are a little bit on the larger side because of you know for whatever reason in America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you handle criticism? Because you know you mentioned um, you know you know your stuff kind of going viral and clearly it does attract some great attention. And then there's also you know there are people who are probably not happy, and then there's just trolls. But how do you keep positive and, and handle the criticism that comes your way?
0: Well, it's really difficult. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't have the strength to like feel like I'm going to take over the world. It's like, it's not, it's not easy. And, um, it's, it's just, it's something that it's something that you kind of have to force yourself to do. It's like you have to force yourself to be like okay I'm like not going to look at these comments I'm not going to do this like I'm not going to like I'm not going to internalize all of these things and having that has made me stronger it's mm-hmm. made me it's made me a better artist it's made me um it's just made me tougher you know it's made me like um it's also made me really sensitive and kind of like challenge my sensitivities and um but overall, it's it's just it's it's very challenging, and it's hard to completely be okay all the time with what people are saying on the internet. But yeah. you learn to kind of deal with it, and you learn to move forward, and that's all you can do is move forward. Yeah.
1: So there's in in what you're doing also, you know, you're constantly putting yourself out there on stage, and then also you know across the internet, and there has to be times when you maybe feel a little more self-conscious or, or feel fearful. Mm-hmm. How do you handle fear in times when maybe you, you know, don't feel as, as strong as you usually do? And, and how do you, like, what's the motivation to keep going and to keep pushing past that?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't wake up every day and I'm like, yay, I'm so confident everything's going to be fine. I'm a great artist. Like I don't, I don't feel like that every day, you know? And, um, it's okay. It, what's made me um, better at this is that to be, that it's okay to feel not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's, it's alright to feel that way. And I guess that's motivating in a sense that I'm, I'm letting myself have these feelings. Like I'm allowing myself to feel bad. You know, and I'm giving myself kind of like a timeline of when I'm going to feel bad. I'm like, OK, I'm going to feel bad about this right now. But then, you know, tomorrow or in a few hours from now, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I already finished with that. I'm going to move forward because yeah. if you don't, you're just, you know, you're just going to down spiral and just feel bad all the time. And I don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a very that's a great way to to, uh, to think it and approach it. it. It reminds me. So have you are you a reader or, or a, a fan of? Tony Robbins and kind of what he talks about in general?
0: Um, okay. Tell
1: you know me about him before? Okay. <laughs> so Tony Robbins is kind of like the, he's like a big white guru guy, but he doesn't like calling himself that, but a motivational kind of speaker. And he has something very similar to kind of what you talked about, where he um, he's a very positive person and he mentioned times when, um, you know, he's kind of feeling down and how he pushes past those is like he, it's, it's kind of, I guess, kind of a Buddhist way to think of it is that it's like there's you and there's the emotions and they're separate and you let them pass right through you. Yes. But he feels them completely, but he puts a time limit on it like what you said. He's like, yeah. you know, for the next two minutes, I will feel this in its intensity and then I'm going to let it go. That way it doesn't keep festering up. And sure. it seems to be kind of like a very positive way to to approach it. And it seems like it's working pretty well for you too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it's... Um... It's something that I think is crucial in what I do. It's crucial if you're going to put yourself out there as an artist, as you know, just putting yourself out there. You have to protect your heart, and you have to protect your brain, and you have to protect your mental stability because those things become very tested when you um, when you put yourself out there. Yeah. Anybody can say anything, and they do.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And there's some really awful people out there who just like to say things for no particular reason.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm really curious, how did you pick your burlesque stage name?
0: Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: Okay.
0: So my burlesque stage name was actually something else before. And it was oh. like boring and I was like,
1: oh God, this is so No, I don't want to do that. Wait, wait, and so what what was it? What was the boring one? I'm
0: not going to reveal what that is. <laughs> <It> was. So <laughs> it, bad that you're but not. I mean, I wouldn't say it was bad. It was just kind of like, oh, come on, like I'm a creative person. I could like yeah. think of something else, you know. But when I first started burlesque, I was just kind of like in a rush to be creative and like wanting to like get this content out there for people to see what I'm doing, you know. So I'm just like, I'll yeah. just slap this name on it. So it quickly changed. I think like okay. in the first year, or six months is oh, okay. really different. So I was. um I was living in the Rio Grande Valley. That's where I'm from in Texas. And I was talking to my fellow roller derby and like burlesque co-producer. And I was like, man, I really want to change my name. I really hate my name. And she's just like, well, what about this? And I was like, no. And she's like, what about this? And I was like, no. And then I was just like, it has to combine like some kind of like high energy, like Russ Meyer, like in your face out there. But then it also has to be like really sweet and like, kind of you know loving and like a uh, pretty to look at and so I was looking through like just some stuff I had in my room and I was like okay there's a Monopoly board game weird I haven't seen that in forever and I just was like looking through my stuff you know and then I saw uh, the board game Candyland mm-hmm. and, and do, you, do you know what that is?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I play Candy Land as well. Okay, I so, play many board games. Definitely okay, Candy so Land. on the upper right-hand corner
0: is Queen Frostine, Queen of the Ice Sea. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like that's perfect. I'm going to call myself Frostine. It was something that I've, I've never heard anyone else like name that before. So I was like, wow, Frostine sounds really cool. And so I was like, well, I don't want it to be too like sugary sweet. And I was like, I'll be Frostine Shake. And they shake, like shake your body, shake, like shimmy shake, shake, yeah. you know, 60s go, go rock and roll shake. There's a lot of good rock and roll songs that have shake in it. And I'm like, Frostine right. Shake would be perfect. <laughs>
1: That's perfect. That's a, that's a fantastic story, and that makes that <laughs> makes so much sense now. And it's <laughs> it's even I mean, better you know, that you came I mean, from. You know, Candyland. I
0: see like her little card, and she's got like a round face, and she's like, she's got like these big brown eyes, and I was like, oh, cool, it kind of look like too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, with what you're working on right now, what is the your favorite project that you have coming out, or one that you're in the middle of right now?
0: Well, one of my favorite projects that I just did, uh, was the San Antonio burlesque festival. I performed at that last weekend, which is really awesome. I always look forward to it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite festivals and, um, yeah, I did that. And it was amazing. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not probably going to perform until next year, like another burlesque show. I'm trying to kind of span out my, um, burlesque performances so that I can really focus on, um, on this um, clothing projects that I have coming up. Mm -hmm. So right now I kind of have it set up to where I'm posting new clothing every um, twice a month. So usually at the beginning of the month and at the end of the month. And it's just kind of like a big haul of stuff. So um, I guess I'm just like focusing on that right now.
1: Okay. That's great. With everything that you're working on, how do you manage your time? Like, do you have a a set schedule that you do? Is there... (laughs) Um, you know, like apps you use or, or websites you use to help you kind of keep things in, in tabs and, and on track?
0: Well, you know, I also like have like a full time regular job. So that makes things difficult because oh, sure. <laughs> I don't um, I'm not just always available. And I don't just always have the weekends off. I don't always have like, you know, time to do all these things. So, cause I also need to survive and function in the world <laughs> mm-hmm. and Austin is getting more and more expensive and I kind of have to like keep up with that too. So um, I'm having to do that. Uh, but on my days off, all I do is work on my projects. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I don't really have like a like day off just to myself anymore, which is, actually feels great you know it feels great to be productive in your art and um even when i don't feel like it like today for example and why we're kind of like having also video chat because i'm also dressed up
1: right right Because
0: i just i'm i've already shot uh like lot next month's uh clothing that i'm gonna have for sale up oh great So I'm doing, I do stuff like that. So it's just like I go hunting, I go shopping, I go out of town, I go to, there's so many great thrift stores in Texas, and um, I just drive around in my truck and look for stuff (laughs) and so that I can resell for people. (laughs) And um, I mean, I know it sounds funny, but that's exactly what I do.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. That was like one of the most Texas, Sentences I've heard in a very long time.
0: <laughs> I just drive around in my truck and look for stuff. That's exactly right? what I do. And you know what's great about having a truck is that if you like find something on the road, like a giant piece of furniture or something, you just put it on the truck and you leave. Yeah, that's I mean, great. It's, it's so convenient. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of um, that's that's what I do on my, that's how I manage everything. It's just, it's like the time that I have away from my full-time job. Mm -hmm. I just a hundred percent like do that. Like, a hundred percent. So, um, I wouldn't say that there's like any apps or anything that I use. Um, I have a planner, pen and paper, (laughs) um, you know, that I go through with that for me. Um, I just feel like if I just get an app on my phone, I'm just going to go through my phone and like troll Instagram for hours and then go to Facebook. And then it's just like, I just get too lost. It's like, if I just have like, you know, something that has, I think I have like this silly post it that I use and it says things to do and then it starts at like 7 a.m. And then I just go from like time, like each hour, like what I'm gonna be doing. So, and then in between that, like, you know, in between looking for, um, looking for clothes to resell and also like clothes to alter and like make cooler, um, I'm also looking for burlesque stuff too. I don't just like, um, you know have like endless funds to where I can just like you know pay somebody to make my costumes. I make everything myself. so I'm also looking for um uh, like burlesque material in terms of like dresses. So if I see a dress and it's like you know it's like really ugly, but it's this really great color, I'm like, wow, I can like literally cut that up into pieces and make it into something else mm-hmm. so um and it's cheap so <laughs>
1: that, it out that, that way. Yeah. So when you're creating your burlesque shows, how often do you create a new one? Is it for every performance or something new? Are there elements that you like to reuse mm-hmm. like as 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 crowd favorites or something or how does that how does that work?
0: That's a great question and I wish that I can like just make new performances, like, every week. That would be so awesome. <laughs> and, and and I know performers that do, and they're so good at it, and they do such a great job, and it's, like, just as good as the other one. But I feel like, for me, it's, like, I would say, like, once every few months, I have a new routine. But I like to really circulate, like, once I have a new routine, I like to really circulate it, and that being, like, the routine that I do for, like, the next few months. And, um, you know, I have, like, a few routines in my, kind of, like, burlesque bag of, like, uh, performances that, um, performances that I do that some people, like, request, like, hey, remember when you did that routine? Like, it was really good. Like, why don't you do it again? Um, as far as, like, elements, like, constant elements that I, like, bring to the table when it comes to my burlesque performances is that, um, I guess there's a lot of, like, common themes in my, um, performance. I like to perform to rock and roll music. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a very kind of like high energy, just like 60s go-go, like rock and roll girl, early 70s type of stuff. So I like interpreting that era with like a
1: showgirl, like a Las Vegas showgirl. So like
0: having these two things um, is, I think, like elements that are like common themes in my shows.
1: Yeah. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And really unique. That's great. (laughs) Feel like people see my
0: costume, they're like, oh, maybe I kind of know what this is going to be about. And then they hear my music, and they're like, whoa, this is something that was like different. So I really like that. <laughs> that's great.
1: So, so you did bring up an interesting point, which I think a lot of artists kind of struggle with, and that's you—you you have your art and your project that you work on, but you also have a day job. Mm-hmm. Do you, especially right now, does having a day job and a steady income? Uh, help your creativity and, and allow you to be more free in your, in your projects right now, or is it more of a hindrance?
0: I'm always on the fence about that because some days I feel like, okay, I need this job to, you know, make more stuff. <laughs> and I need this job to like, keep on functioning as a, as an artist. Um, but some days I feel like, well, maybe if I just like did something part time instead of full time, I'd have more time to do my art and the rest of this stuff. And that's a leap that um, I'm not sure I'm ready to take right now. It's not totally out of the question, though. You know, I've thought about it plenty of times, and but it's not. Um, I'm just not able to do that right now. Uh, so. I guess it it pushes me in a different way. It, it pushes me to do things in a shorter amount of time. Um, so yes, I think it makes me more creatively active having a full- time job because you literally only have so much time like that's and that's then and that's a time slot that you have because then you have to go to work and be normal so <laughs> um, yeah,
1: right. If somebody listening to this was very interested in, in getting into burlesque or even starting their own fashion line, because those are two sure. really exciting things, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them as a place to start?
0: Well, if you're going to start as like um, trying to like pursue um, going into burlesque, I would say a great place to start is to take classes. When I was uh, first starting burlesque, uh, there weren't any burlesque classes. I did, I had to do a lot of my own research and I had to fail a lot and I had to kind of go through a lot of different burlesque phases until I'm, I was kind of like really comfortable with like the like burlesque persona and person that I am now. Um, but my best, my biggest advice would be to take classes from people that have been doing it, uh, for a long time, because they're going to really direct you in, uh, like they've already done everything that you want to do. So, um, they're really going to help, um, in helping you find your direction, which might not be the same as theirs, but they're really going to help uh, uh, make, you know, help you make connection with your audience. Like help you think of costuming differently that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Um, it's just, it's a really great experience. Mm-hmm. And as far as like the fashion line, I would say um, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's really hard to give advice about that because, I mean, there's just, there's so much relies on funding. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have the funding, what are you going to do? You know, right now I'm kind of like working around that um, because what I'm doing is now is I'm reselling clothes that's already made or remaking it to where my own, like to where it's kind of like my own thing. Um, So... I would say if you're gonna start a fashion line, make sure you have funding <laughs> because it's going to, um, you know, take a lot of a lot of money and a lot of time to do that. But but if you're ready to do it and if you're ready to take the jump, like don't be scared, just mm-hmm. do it. The worst the worst that can happen is that it doesn't do as well as you thought, and then you can try again or you know move on to something else.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, of course, of course, and I I think it's amazing that you are. Working around that funding and being really creative with what you're doing, because that's um, you know that's that's actually like the one of the tail tales of a, an artist is mm-hmm. you know m- maybe you can't do it one way, so you think about how to do it another way and you go from another angle. So I think that's that's fantastic.
0: Thanks, and I feel like you know when you um, when you have this dream of having a fashion line, like it's kind of like this like pipe dream that you never think is going to happen. Um, but there are ways that you can still accomplish those goals and still kind of like feed that need to make clothing in in a, in a different way that you never thought of. Like I've had to make that decision, you know, because I don't just, you know, I, I can't right now. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully, I mean, maybe, you know, in the future, uh, once, you know, I really start getting a lot of these um, you know, a lot of these orders for this clothing that I'm selling, like that could very well fund something else in the future. I don't mm-hmm.
1: know. Yeah. See? Well, mm-hmm. in, in one way, you're doing it smarter than just somebody who just jumps in because you're, you're building an audience and your audience is already going to know what kind of style you have and what kind of, um, you know, body shapes you're designing for. So mm-hmm. as, you, you know, as your audience grows and your sales increase, then you've already kind of taught them what you're going to be producing, and they'll just be asking for more and more and more of it. Yeah, hopefully. So yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know, it's that versus like somebody who's just starting off, who's like, well, I'm just going to make something that I kind of like, and just because you like it doesn't mean there are people who will pay you money for it. Absolutely, so sure. Yeah, so in this way, you're kind of you know, you're finding your audience, mm-hmm. um, which is you know, a a great way to help support your art is to have find people who who are behind you and we'll pay you money for what you're doing
0: yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) so with everything that you've done what would you say is the best advice you've ever received
0: the best advice I've ever received was um, was to just to keep going even if you keep on failing and keep on failing like to just keep going I felt like a failed ballerina. I found my way around that. You know, I felt like a failed fashion designer because right out of college, I didn't just like immediately have like a fashion line. I'm finding my way around that. You find your way around things in, a, in ways that you don't expect. You know, it doesn't always turn out like you, you end up getting there. It's just, in a different way that you didn't originally anticipate. Like I didn't think that I was going to be living in Austin here I am, you know, and now I'm like getting involved with like this clothing stuff and, you know, things are going pretty well. Um, so the best advice I've ever received was to keep going and don't stop. Even like, you know, there's days when I wake up and I feel like I want to stop, like, ah, nobody's really looking at my clothing. Nobody really cares. You know, you start kind of getting down on yourself, but you force yourself to keep going, and that's the best advice. Because you'll eventually end up somewhere. It just won't be in the way that you think.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's. I think that's that's absolutely wonderful advice because you're right. A lot of people sometimes, they, they're they not quite sure what they want, and they sit and they spin, and they think about what they're going to do, and they ultimately going go nowhere. Whereas, you know, what you're saying is you keep moving and you'll end up somewhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and,
1: exactly. It may not be where you want it to be in the beginning, but it's going to be somewhere closer to a a grander goal. I think that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't Um. I still don't know 100 percent where this is going. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's yeah. not a bad thing. It's OK to be a little lost. It's OK to be like. Just kind of like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Where am I going? Like, how is this going to work out? Um, you know, it'll, it'll eventually lead you somewhere. And um, hopefully that somewhere is going to be good.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, this was fantastic. If the, if the listeners would like to um, see your work and see your designs and, and read more about what you're working on, what is the best place they can find you?
0: Instagram. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram under Frosting Shake, or they can go to my website, which is uh, www.frostingshake.com. But a majority of my art, videos, I update that daily, is my Instagram account. So you can find me there.
1: Perfect. I will put the links to both of those in the show notes so they can just go right through. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, and uh, this has been a pleasure.
0: Well, thanks for having
1: me. Of course.